You're listening to the New Muslims Field Guide podcast, where we tell you all the things we wish someone had told us when we first converted to Islam. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the New Muslims Field Guide podcast. I'm Teresa Corbin. And I'm Kayla Omadayo. I have four children under the age of 10. And so for about six years back to back, I was either pregnant or breastfeeding, or sometimes I was both pregnant and breastfeeding it's really, really rough. So those are just two of the kinds of things you might face that make fasting not really a good idea for you. And we had a whole episode, um, Teresa and I, where we talked about, you know, kind of different things that may give you an excuse, you know, as far as not being able to fast, both physical and mental ailments. Um, so you check out that episode just about being merciful to yourself in those times. But as far as, you know, what if this is a Ramadan that you can't fast? Maybe this is the very first Ramadan you've been Muslim. And, you know, Teresa and I were just like fasted Ramadan, like the day that we converted, like that, you know, like the next day we just got up in the morning and like, we just got right on that boat. But not everybody is, you know, in that situation. Everybody has a unique life situation. That's not really something that's practical for all of us, you know. So if this is your first Ramadan fasting and you are really, really struggling and, you know, it turns out that there's something which is preventing you from being able to fast and it's a valid reason. That doesn't mean you have to skip Ramadan. That doesn't mean that Ramadan is, you know, just for the people who are fasting or something. I feel like food and the lack thereof seems to be the focus of Ramadan. And I think that it's not really supposed to be. Obviously, that's not really the point. So we're going to talk a little bit about ways to make the most of Ramadan when you're really not able to fast. Going in, like we talked about this in a couple other episodes, I think a big point of Ramadan is breaking those bad coping mechanisms that we have because that's that's a kind of worship, you know, when you're having a hard time, you had a bad day and your immediate thought, and this is my example from my life, is to have a cookie. <laughs> yeah, or two or three. <laughs> like, sure, have a cookie, go back to these halal comforts, and that's great. But go also go inside of yourself and think, what else can I do that if there's nothing else in this world, I can have that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, I mean, that kind of touches on the idea of even if you can't physically fast from food and water, you could choose to do like a Lent type Ramadan where, okay, because I know that I can't fast Ramadan, you know, in the, in the traditional way, I'm going to give up Netflix the whole month, or I'm going to give up, you know, social media the whole month. There's so many things that you can withhold from yourself in order to remind yourself of, like Teresa said, the, the, the better coping mechanisms, you know, um, of your life that you could be and should be turning to. So one tip, if you're not able to fast in Ramadan and you want to make the most of your Ramadan is to withhold something else from yourself that you really enjoy or something that you turn to a lot. There was one Ramadan, um, it actually may have been last Ramadan, that I noticed I was just incredibly addicted to my phone. My, my addiction to my phone was just through the roof. So for Ramadan, I got myself a flip phone. Like I, I stopped using my smartphone the whole month of Ramadan and just got a flip phone where I literally could just call people. But I can't tell you the experience, like what it did for me what it really, how much I noticed around me, the world I noticed around me happening because I wasn't always staring at my phone. So if you're not able to fast Ramadan, maybe give up your smartphone. Maybe, maybe, you know, get yourself a 20 buck because they are like seriously like $25, like a flip phone and just use that, you know, for the month of Ramadan and then donate it afterward if you think you won't need it. You know, the point is if you notice that it's help, it's making you struggle, that it's taking you away from the focus, you know, that could be one thing that you could withhold from yourself in order to grow deeper yeah. I think um I would like to talk more about like it kind of makes me feel squeamish when you say like like Lent because I'm a I'm a recovering Catholic the amount of sh shaming you're taught to do is like you have to recover from that it's it's horrible <laughs> yeah yeah 
I meant the more Protestant Lent where we give up like sugar and crap. No, I mean, I, I want to point out that like, obviously this is not a form of fasting. Like I want to make that distinction very clear. Like we're not substituting fasting because you feel like it's hard, you know? And I think, you know, Allah says in the Quran, he's prescribed fasting for you. Like he has for nations like before you. I think that is something that other nations have excused themselves from. And it's come to this point of Lent where I give up homework. Like, who cares? Like, you're giving up homework. You're, you're making a mockery out of your religion. Uh, but and let's be clear when we say nations in this case, we're not speaking of actual state nations. We're speaking of the previous Jewish and, and Christian uh, peoples. You know, backstory real quick, basically. Islam is seen as the continuation of the Old and New Testament God, basically. It's a continuation of that story that started with Abraham. And in a lot of ways, it's kind of a, a repairing of that story. We are an Abrahamic faith. And so when we say the previous nations, when they're giving up homework for Lent or, you know, whatever, chocolate or something like that, it's not akin to an actual fast of Ramadan in any way. And it's not akin to what those previous nations, the, the prescriptions that God gave them in their holy books. It's not even similar. So I think that's what you meant. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And they were all given fasting and they've kind of excused themselves and a lot of, and, and that is the way we will eventually go. But I think it's still good advice if you take that balance because sometimes people can't fast. Like that's a legitimate thing that happens, but you need to be really careful when we like talk about these things. Like, is it, is it just hard for you or is it really like a thing? Like your overall extended health is going to be affected long-term by the short-term month. Right. You know, like that, that's what we talk about when we say, if you're not able to fast Ramadan, not because it's hard, but because either your health or yeah, it's, it's supposed to be hard. And, you know, again, for, especially like, as I mentioned, breastfeeding mothers, maybe it's not your health that will be as affected, but if your, if your breast milk dries up, your baby is going to suffer and you can't um, hurt your, hurt your child like that. And of course some people will come and say, okay, but there's formula and that's a whole other, whole other discussion. But the point is, if if fasting Ramadan is going to have a detrimental effect on your health or on that of you know your dependent child, those are the kinds of uh, of situations wherein fasting is excused from you, not just as Teresa said, oh this just really sucks or this is just super hard. It should right. be hard. And I think your advice is solid. Like instead of giving up food and water, think of something else that may not be forbidden or haram, and try and and to get away from that kind of coping mechanism or that kind of draw with the intention that, no, this is not fasting, but I also want to ex try to strengthen myself in a way where I don't have to reach for that. Like I know better ways now. I can do that, but I know that I have other options. Yes, absolutely. The point that, you know, doesn't have to be forever. You know, it doesn't, maybe, maybe you give up, you know, social media or your smartphone for the month and then you want to go back after Ramadan, you know, but you're going to have a healthier relationship to it. It's, you're going right. to, it's going to be, it's going to be easier for you to see those things as a tool, just a tool, what they are really, as opposed to this be all end all of, of wellness. I, I remember Teresa, maybe you had the same experience when I left social media initially, I remember friends being like, but how are we going to talk? Like, how, like, how am I going <laughs> to, and just having to remind them, like, I don't know if you know this, but your phone was actually designed to call me and hear my voice. Like, isn't that cool? Or like, if you really, really are not capable of that, like you can actually send me a text message. Isn't that great? You could email me or like Teresa and I did, we actually sent each other handwritten letters, like no joke. There's so many ways to communicate. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's really cool. I still have those. I still too. have them too. I save all of oh, them. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. So there are ways that you can kind of try to almost replicate that feeling of, of withholding something from yourself so that you can look inward and so that you can be reminded that this thing that you think is so necessary for your everyday wellness, you actually can live without it. Is it going to be uncomfortable? It's going to be uncomfortable. Is it going to be hard? Probably, you know, but you can do it. We can do hard things. We don't have to run away from suffering and whatever that means. And, you know, you know, more to that, like, what can you do? There are, there's so much more to Ramadan than like giving up food and water and, and mm-hmm. go to the masjid if there's one near you, go to the masjid to pray, pray all the prayers if you can, like build a bigger bond, a stronger bond to that, to praying in communion with your brothers and sisters, read more Quran, make more du'a, like just do more of the things we should be doing all year. But, you know, typically we do more than Ramadan. So just get a closer relationship to these other things. And that's part of the coping. These, these things are also tools to um, strengthen your relationship with Allah. Reading Quran, this is his message to us, his instructions for the optimal life for us. It's not for him. Like we're not doing, we're not, we cannot in any way benefit a being that has no need. <laughs> hey, you, yeah, you, listener, would you like a free copy of our book as well as a copy of Teresa's The Islamic Adult Coloring Book and Halal Comfort Food? Then you need to go to thenewmuslimsfieldguide.com and enter our Ramadan giveaway for a chance to win a free copy of each of those awesome books. Make sure you enter to win before May 30th. Until next time, my name is Kayla Omadayo. My name is Teresa Corbin. And this is the New Muslims Field Guide Podcast.